Welcome to the Cloud Architects Podcast, a podcast about cloud, technology, and the people using it. The Cloud Architects Podcast is sponsored by Kemp Technologies. Choose Kemp to optimize your multi-cloud application deployments and simplify multi-cloud application management. A single pane of glass for application delivery, Kemp provides a 360-degree view of your entire application environment and even third-party ADCs. Download Kemp 360 for free today at kemptechnologies.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cloud Architects podcast. We are still at Ignite. It's Wednesday. Feet are sore. We are drinking a lot of coffee, and we are interviewing amazing people. So let me just introduce my co-host, Christopher Goosen. Hello. And today's guest, Erin Rifkin. Thank you for having me. Erin, there is so much to talk about. <laughs> if I think it's, it's fair to say that you are a complete overachiever. There's a lot of things you do. You have an amazing background. And so let's just start with the things that you are currently doing because you are the head of a few things and you own a couple of other things. So let's just start there. What are you currently doing? So I work for Microsoft. My team is responsible for all of the architectural guidance, documentation, and training for Azure, SQL Server, and a bunch of other products that I'm not yeah. going to name here. Yeah. But there's a significant number of products that we support, pretty much everything in cloud and AI, except for Dynamics. And we also uh, build docs.microsoft.com and Microsoft Learn. I just this thing, this little thing called Microsoft Learn. Yeah, so we are, you know, docs.microsoft.com and Microsoft Learn, uh, they are built on GitHub, and they yeah. are completely open source. And it is a platform and a product for all of Microsoft to be able to bring content to our customers in one place. So we have all of our technical documentation and all of our training there available for our customers for M365, for Azure, for um, Dynamics, uh, Windows Developer, a variety of other topics. So let me let me let me start by saying thank you because I love the new Docs platform. Yeah. And I said that last year when we talked about the same topic. But I'm the guy always submitting uh, commits for changing on-prem <laughs> or on-premise to on-premises. Yes, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> but I love the fact that 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 the platform is it's it's so easy to navigate now compared to the historic several places where documents mm -hmm. used to be. So from our you know from our side, and I'm sure from everyone listening bit of gratitude for, for, for doing the, the great job that you've been done doing with that. Yeah, we actually last month uh, migrated the last of the 44 million topics off of MSDN and TechNet onto docs.microsoft.com so that we can actually shut down the old infrastructure. 44 million. It's a lot. That it's is a lot a of lot. content, it's a lot of sample code, it's, it's a lot of things. Um, and we actually just launched a, a new product and pilot at Ignite called Q&A, which mm -hmm. is going to be the next iteration of what you would consider to be forums. So where customers can go and ask questions and get answers from um, our customer service teams, our product teams, MVPs and RDs are going to get engaged. Um, they can get reputation points. And we've got one profile now that sits across Docs and Learn and Q&A so that you can have access to all of the things you've bookmarked or shared or interested in. We take it for granted that everybody knows this stuff, but mm -hmm. learn is not learning. It's like a complete reboot. Complete reboot, yep. Do you mind just unpacking that for us? Yeah, so one of the things that we have been really focused on is trying to create a one Microsoft approach for how we provide information to our customers. And so one of the things that we did is when we rebooted certifications and we really thought about being role-based and what that meant 
for each of the different business areas across Microsoft. We started going through this job task analysis process for those exams, and we used that to tie back to the content. And then we really thought about how do we reinvent how people learn? How do we take the, the lessons that we know um, about how people learn and apply that online? And so one of the things that we do know is that people like to learn different modalities. And so we want to be able to provide video content, written content, but even more so the interactivity. So how do I actually learn a concept and then try it mm. and actually do it? Um, and so Microsoft Learn is the culmination of, of that experience where we've built a sandbox that allows customers, in this particular case it's Azure, but we're going to continue to build on from that, um, where they have access to Cloud Shell and to Portal for free in our subscription that we own and pay for. And they can go and try out all of these different things that they're learning along the process of doing so. But do it in a really bite-sized way. So you could spend a minute, you could spend 20 minutes, um, and learn at your leisure whatever you're interested in. But you can also prep for a certification exam. You've basically revamped also what these certifications mean. So we used to have this thing, the Holy Grail was the MCSE, and then there was the, the Microsoft Certified Master, and that was kind of the top of the pinnacle, or uh, I think there was one more, which is the Microsoft Certified Architect. Effectively, most of that has gone away, mm -hmm. and we now have another way of being recognized for our skill set, but we also don't have to aspire to the top of the pyramid before we are recognized for our skills. And that's also something new that is part of learn that wasn't part of learning. Yeah, so like we are really closely, we are like this partner with Worldwide Learning who actually builds the certification exams, um, as well as instructor-led training and all the training partners that are available to you, because that's one of the other modalities we want customers to be able to have access to. Um, but the thought is that people are never using just one service. Yeah. It, it used to be the case where you might be using Windows Server and you can understand that in isolation. But the reality is that now people are having to connect lots of different products and they might be using some things from M365 plus Azure. And how do we actually provide that information in a way, not just in teaching, but also in certifications that validate the roles and the skills that are required to be successful in those roles in the market. So one of the things that you're seeing is that five years ago, there are roles in market today that didn't exist then. Yes. And so how do we help bring everybody along in that journey where they're constantly having to learn and change and evolve to meet the technical needs? Um, and we're doing that through the way that we think about teaching and the way we think about certifications. Mm. I was doing an event with higher education and I had these amazingly clever ladies walk up to me with doctorates and particular things saying, I need you to help me learn machine learning so that I can solve this particular problem. And I said, no, you don't. You need to go to learn, learn enough to have language for machine learning and then manage a partner or a product that can solve this product for you. Because no one in a particular deep role like an, an educator should have to change careers just to take advantage of a service like machine learning. Mm -hmm. And what I enjoy about Learn is that I'm able to take customers and partners to, uh, in, in my role as an MVP, I have to span all, those, all of those worlds. And so there I can take them towards Learn and say, this is where you learn the language for this, and this is where you can go deep in a silo, and this is where you can learn some, some other breadth. So mm -hmm. from, from our side, I think this is working. Oh yeah, and y'all launched Learn last year at uh, at Ignite, yeah, right? So it's year. so one year in, how's it going? Yeah, it's actually it's going really well. We've been able to train millions of people. Uh, we actually are using Learn to train everybody internally as well. So all of our field teams are going through the same training our customers are doing. So it's it's there's nothing different. Everybody has the same access and uh, to that knowledge and that training. 
Um, we launched Learn with 80 modules. We have over 700 now. Wow. We only had a few product areas at launch. We had, mo it was mostly Azure and Dynamics actually at launch. Now we have Windows, we have M365 admin, there's a bunch of other things out there. And then the other thing we've been really focused around is some additional technical content that may not be focused around Microsoft technologies, but maybe you do need to understand a little bit about data science. And you're not ready to dive into the actual services that are necessary to do that work, but you want to learn more about it yeah. and have access to that content. And so now there's, there's information out there like that. And then just really building on the various coding languages that are out there so that we can really meet the needs of all the developers. I'm going to ask a, an impossibly broad question. How? How did you get to this point with such breadth in only a year? You know, the, the answer is really teamwork and collaboration, honestly. Um, you know, Satya is really driving this culture change at Microsoft, and you know, our team and the teams that we partner with are really trying to embody that, and how do we actually come together to bring the right things to our customers? Um, and so, we are partnered very deeply with content teams across Microsoft, and it's you know, in the open source, true open source fashion, you know, docs.microsoft.com has thousands of people that are contributing to it all over Microsoft. Mm. Learn is the same way. So the people who are building Dynamics content, you know, the engineering teams are going, and now they're building the training too. Mm. Um, and so it's what allows us to be able to scale very quickly. That's amazing. That is amazing. It kind of goes, you know, I, I think back a little bit to, to back to the good old exchange days, back when we were doing all this on-premises stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, the management packs for mom back in the day were built by the product team who designed the product, mm -hmm. right? And, and so it makes sense, because who, who better to build the content than the team who's actually responsible for the product. Mm -hmm. So it makes a lot of sense and kind of, I guess, helps explain why things have expanded and grown so much over you know, such a short period of time. Yeah, I mean, even on Docs, there are product teams, there are PMs that are writing content alongside the content developers in my team mm -hmm. and in other teams. So it really is a, you know, everybody in Microsoft's pitching in to provide the right content to our customers. We see that in architectural guidance. There's people in the field who are technical resources working with customers that are contributing to reference architectures. Um, it's, it's down to the product documentation. It's the training content. So it's, it's really neat to have all these people come together on that. So is this shift that we're seeing in both Learn and Docs, because it's a fundamentally different way of doing mm -hmm. both of those platforms, right? Where does that shift come from? Is that you? What shift exactly? You so mean just the, the fact that everybody's working together? That they are working together and there's a different way of consuming the content, which means that the content is also written in a different way. There's a different thought process behind it. Yeah, so for on docs, it's, it's an effort across a lot of different people. So there's no credit to any one individual. I think, you know, Scott Guthrie is very adamant that documentation is part of the product. Yeah. I fully agree with that, and I think a lot of the product teams do too. And so I think it's been a cultural shift in how the product teams think about content as it being part of the product. Your customers can't adopt it if they don't have the information they need. Um, so I think that culture change has been trickling through the company um, is one thing. And then for Learn, we really wanted to have it be more fun and engaging. So we did a bunch of research and we tested things with customers and thought about, hey, how do we make it more playful and how we talk about things and just be more, you know, it's, it's not the same kind of procedural information you have on docs. How do we change how we are teaching it? And how do we think about it from a scenario perspective? Because again, customers aren't using one product, they're using numerous. Yes. So how do we teach it to them in a way that they're actually using it instead of having to learn each thing in depth and then figure out how to bring it together as a whole? Hmm. So I think there's also a fundamental change, and there has been for a while within Microsoft, of 
listening, right? Mm -hmm. Like being open yeah. and it, not just open source and the adoption of open source and all that kind of stuff, but the fact that uh, you have this docs platform where anyone can can go, hey, I think we need to expand on this area of a particular document or this isn't clear to me, how can we, you know, and, I, and I've done that on numerous occasions, but it's not just MVPs that can do that. Any Anyone reading the, mm -hmm. the, a document on a particular um, product or service can have, you know, the input. And yeah. I think that's useful because we're the ones in the field deploying a product. Mm -hmm. uh, the folks who are writing the documents, uh, the documentation have the best possible, um, I guess, uh, they, they understand the, plat the product and the platform, um, but they may not have the necessarily or, or the specific scenarios that we come across in the mm -hmm. field. And so the collaboration just, it works because it makes the documentation more clear to mm -hmm. the person who's reading it at the end of the day. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, it's as simple as clicking edit at the top of a doc. and. Yeah. There's a WYSIWYG editor, and you can make the edits that are necessary. And that yep. goes to the content dev or the PM that own that piece of content. And they can review it and apply those changes. Mm -hmm. And you know, GitHub Issues is another way to, to reach us. And now we've got the new Q&A platform that's launched. So you can go and ask questions there or submit feedback. And we can actually go and address any of those things there. Hmm. Because there, like you said, there's lots of different scenarios. Customers hmm. have different products they're using or different industries. And being able to kind of bring that collective together in a way that we can share that online. It makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned, so we've seen the shift from you know the, the forums and, and from the, the TechNet documentation. The one part of TechNet, the old TechNet, that I still use a fair bit is the, the gallery. Mm -hmm. Is there a plan? Is that also going away? Is that being replaced by something new and cool that we should know about? So you know, the, uh, so I have a bunch of scripts that are uh, in the Technic Gallery that you know people can download and use, and and uh, that's and kind of thousands of those. Correct, and that's kind of the for me right now, and I think for a lot of MVPs, that's the place where they publish right anything that is for the community. Is that service getting turned off as well? We're going to migrate off all of that infrastructure okay. at some time. At some yeah. point. Um, and so we're building things along the way so that we can go do that. So yep. for example, MSDN forums, we're building Q&A, we're piloting that now yep. so that we can see how that works and make sure we can neatly move that over mm -hmm. to a new, new product. Um, we're doing the same thing. We actually just launched um, maybe a month or two ago, a new samples browser. So there's a new place to put samples and have kind of like a library of things that has the same look and feel as Learn. So it's like the card style, you can search and browse. So I think there, it's more likely that that would be kind mm -hmm. of the next place where you can do that and we can validate that code and, mm -hmm. and make those things available for customers. And I think folks are, I mean, generally a lot of people are moving to GitHub as well mm -hmm. for that kind of thing, right? So I'm sure at some point there'll be a, an element of, okay, well, you know, this is going away, this is a good fit here, but maybe you want to, if it's just source code that you're publishing instead of an app, mm -hmm. maybe GitHub is a better place for that anyway. And it mm -hmm. gives, provides, even today it does provide most of the functionality that you have on gallery anyway. A lot of us just old school and have been using it for a while, so. You know. and, and honestly, we, you know, one of the things that we're really focused around um, in the coming years, making authoring tools that make it really easy for you to be able to add content and edit content you know, even easier than you can today, mm -hmm. um, so that you would be able to do that and leverage the platforms and get that content out to customers. What is important to you besides usability when you think about publishing all these various platforms? So uh, from a, a doc's point of view, how do you know that it's successful? How do you measure that kind of thing? Because you, earlier you mentioned millions, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the, some of the numbers... Oh, in docs, it's tens of millions. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the, the volume of customers that are using these products is pretty substantial, uh, and we really care about what our customers think. 
and we want to know. We want to know and we want to get feedback. And so we do this through a variety of mechanisms. Um, on docs, there is an opportunity to put GitHub issues. There's verbatims as well. So people drop us notes in there and we use that information to help make decisions. We use data to understand the health of our content and where we actually need to make changes. Um, we have customer advisory boards where we can bring customers in or partners in to understand more about ideas that they have or needs that they have. And I'm talking about this more broadly across all of our online platforms. Um, so there's a variety of different ways that we do that. And then we take um, input from the field as well because they're actively out there talking to customers all the time. Um, so it's, you know, I, I can't, uh, I guess the last thing I would really say is customer research. So we actually have a, a research program within my team where we enable the teams to do experiments and research around different areas that they're interested in, um, that they are hearing feedback from their customers so we can validate it before maybe we go and make a major change. Um, and so there's a lot of that happening as well. We had Julia Foran on the show yesterday and since she owns Calendar, we had to ask her, how does she do time management? And so, when you're successful, you, a lot of things come towards you, right? So you've done docs well, you've done learn well, you're now doing Q&A. How do you do all of those at the same time? It's a good question. Um, we, you know, it's, it's a trade-off, right? And you know, it's what are the features that we know our customers need? And, and to some degree, it's a balancing act of, you know, you know, there's a bunch of things we had to do for learn, which meant we did a little bit less on docs for a little while. And we were really focused on what we needed to go build there and the experiences we wanted to do. But Learn's really becoming a test bed for how we think more broadly about some of the features and functionality we want to bring across all of the products. And they're all built on docs. Yes. So you can imagine at some point this kind of becomes an experience yeah. you know, for, for customers. It's not just I'm going to go and do training, I'm just going to go and do docs. Um, and so, you know, it's just this balancing act of like, let's move this up and this up, and we kind of are going through that process, but also trying to listen and understand what customers need. So, you know, another example of something we launched as a feature on Docs was assessments. So, you know, cloud adoption is a big topic right now, mm -hmm. and customers want to know how to do it. How do we, what's digital transformation? What does that mean? What are the tools, processes, and people's changes that I need to make? Um, and it's a way for people to be able to self-assess where they're at in their cloud journey and then what they actually need to go do. And so we're listening to what people want and need and then building based on that. So it's a little bit here and a little bit there to get there. Um, but really, we're trying to think more holistically about the long-term North Star, which I'm not going to tell you, and uh, how we're actually going to go get there. So you knew that was going to be his next question. So <laughs> well, well, well played. Um, I was going to ask, so how do you get this out there? Right, like so, you're talking about all of these cool things that you guys are doing, but how do you get the message out there, and how do how do people know that these new things are are, are available to them? Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's challenging, uh, without a doubt. There's lots of things going on, and one of the things that Microsoft we're trying to do is make it uh, a more singular message around some of these online platforms. How do we make it where there's just, there's one docs place, there's one training place, and that's really where we're going so that people will just know that's where they need to go. And so we've been doing a lot of work internally to rationalize and shut down other sites like MVA and the MPP program and things like that so that all those are now going to be redirecting to learn. So if you came in some other front door, you now know. Um, the other thing is that there's some programs out uh, with, for our customers today around skilling and skilling, the messaging there is really around um, customers' ability to get access to potentially free training and certifications. They also get access to Microsoft Learn. Obviously, Learn's free for everybody. Um, but starting to push that more broadly through the training program managers that are out in the field, helping our customers build these skilling plans so they can be successful in the cloud. 
Uh, and then, you know, it's, um, it's coming to events and, and bringing, you know, we got a new learn personality we kind of lightly showcased uh, at Ignite. And that's going to start getting built more into our events. And you notice that even at, you know, Ignite Tours and Ignites, now we have these learning paths. Mm. And those learning paths are tied to Microsoft Learn. So if you miss an event or you missed a session that you were interested in, you can now go learn online for free. And so getting a better tie in there where mm -hmm. as customers are, are able to go to events or they're going and talking to their field teams or to their, you know, uh, you know, any of their contacts at Microsoft, that we start to bring some of that message forward in a way that's that's meaningful. There's a lot going on at the Learn booth just, just behind us yeah. here where, you know, I mean, you have the whole area where people are, presumably there's courses mm -hmm. going on and exams being, being taken, right? Um, so it seems very busy. I know Warren's been trying to schedule something all week and he keeps saying, oh, I've got to do an exam, but he just, part of his squirrelness and part of him just, it, everything's, it's very busy, right? So that's, I think that's, that's awesome that people can come to, because I remember, you know, back... Back in the tech ed days, there would always be the labs or, or you know, instructor-led labs that were kind of happening the day before. We did one at the first Ignite. Yes. We did, a, we did an instructor-led lab that was the whole day. Um, but I, I, I really like how this ties in with Learn being right next to community as well. Mm -hmm. And so that it's kind of like this, you, when, you, when you walk past that area, you kind of get sucked in, drawn in. Uh, I think that's really awesome. Yeah, we're really trying to live up to Microsoft's mission to empower every person and every organization on the planet to do more. And so the best way we can do that is by providing skilling for people. Everybody is in need. We're in this place where every, it's a lifelong journey of learning, and people are going to rely on the community to be able to yep. help them through this. And so we we really care about those elements, which is even why Q&A is like there. Like, hey, how do we start building community online yep. where you're at an event and you have an opportunity to do that or take a free certification? But yep. how do we actually carry that through so that you can continue to help each other along the way. Yep, yep. I was about to ask that, how does Learn relate to community? What does community mean in Learn? Coming soon. <laughs> so, I mean, Learn um, today is, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for people to just learn on their own, but we're actually seeing some really cool things happening in the community where, uh, like I'll give you an example, there's an event in Australia where they're going to bring uh, a bunch of uh, women together who are all in admin roles. And instead of having to build slide decks to build their own content to learn, they're going to all bring their laptops together and come and go through modules together and be able to spend time talking about them and what they learned and where they had challenges. And so we're seeing some kind of cool things like that happen. We're also seeing um, people using Learn with hacks where they use their laptops to go in and they're doing a little bit of learning and then they're doing a hack on whatever it is that they're doing as they're like learning some new technology. Um, so we're, we're seeing some really interesting ways that the community is using that content for free, but where they can leverage it for their own use and their own, their yeah. own thing they're trying to drive. That's wonderful. Hmm. That's significant. It's not the old Microsoft, is it? You know, I've only been at Microsoft two years, so I, I can't say I think you guys probably can more, but um, I'm, inc I'm incredibly proud to work for Microsoft, and it's really cool to see all of the things that they're doing to really help our customers. And I'm, I really, I'm proud to be part of that journey. Yeah, yeah, it's significant. We we can see there's, um, uh, and we've we've had it a few times with different guests talking about the the Satya effect, mm. and it's it's much more than the man. There's a um, an energy, an energy, and yeah. a culture, and things that come with that. And it is very focused towards how do we make people productive? Mm -hmm. We're not just selling software. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So. Let's talk about you some more. <laughs> Great. 
So I, I won't talk about the um, the gosh the 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 golf and the hiking and the CrossFit and everything else that fits in there. So you've got a, a huge number of skills that allow you to do what you do in your position. Can you unpack that a little bit in the framing of how does somebody do what you do? So let's talk about the skills that you use every day. And the, the, the reason for that is that all of our guests do something that somebody else wants to do, right? So we like to understand what is it that you are doing in terms of your skills, as well as how did you become to be in this position? What is the path? Because you didn't just one day graduate from high school and own three massive ecosystems in Microsoft. You know, I don't know if I know the answer to that question because I have not um, taken a normal path, I would say. Um, I've kind of fallen into this. Um, I think that, you know, I've got a degree in psychology, which is, I did it because it was interesting to me and I really enjoy it. I yeah. think in some cases that helps on the people skills and like the soft skills. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, it, my, my start in tech was actually in customer support. And that gave me a really good grounding for being super customer focused, um, feeling the pain and wanting to help and figuring out workarounds. And that led into me trying to educate sales teams because they were selling something that the product couldn't do because they didn't understand the features, Yeah. which then led me into training customers, which, you know, and so there is a little bit of just, it's more of, I, I want to help people. And so I kind of just, the path led me down that way. Um, so I've been able to do it in different capacities, like building support training programs or sales or customer. Um, and, you know, I came to Microsoft really to work on documentation and saw an opportunity where all these teams could come together and we can, you know, reinvent and think about how should we do training and certification differently. And so, you know, it, it, this is how it happened. Yeah, yeah. Where does that thing come from? Let's do it differently. Are you solving a particular problem or is that just a, an internal North Star that you're following that says we need to be able to do something better? I think a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think our job is to reinvent uh, on behalf of our customers. Yeah. And so that means that we shouldn't always do the status quo. We need to think outside the box and think about things differently. And I, I think technology has changed so rapidly, you know, in the last eight, ten years that um, it's forcing us to do that. And people are falling behind, and how do we help people not fall behind? Um, and I think because we're in this place where everybody has to be lifelong learners, it makes us um, really have to think, how do, we, how do we help people do that? You know, I think it's a, it's a shift. It's a shift for how companies think about educating their people. They need to make space for them to do that, whether that's setting up days of learning or sending people to training or wh whatever that might be. Um, so, you know, I think for me, it's really how can I facilitate my team to think outside the box, listen to what customers are saying, don't worry about what competitors are doing and not worry about what we're seeing in the market, but can we think 10 steps ahead of that? Yes. In the on-premises world, we weren't lifelong learners. No, and I was just formulating that thought in my mind just a second ago as we were talking about this because I feel like it's never been more true than it is now, mm -hmm. right? We, we went through this cyclical approach to learning back then where you would almost delay it until it was just to the point where you had to and then you would learn something new and then you delay it again for three years or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And we really are in that place now where 
you there, there is so much that the rate of change is, is happening so quickly that you have to, it, it, you know, which is great because I think for many of us, the reason we got into this industry in the first place is because we like learning new things all the time instead of just having this static bank of knowledge that never changes, you know, so that's a, it's a, such, a, such a true statement. Can I ask you to speak to the, the IT professional or even the dev professional who's looking at this, oh my gosh, I have to embrace a new culture of learning. It's not just that there's a new place to find my docs, there's a new way of consuming and thinking. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that person? How do they embrace that culture? Where do they even begin? That's a tough question because I think it's, I think that the world in some ways is a little bit scary because there is so much change happening. Um, and the, there's technology launches daily, hourly, you know, I mean, it's, mm. it's constant. Mm. Um, and I think the reality is that you have to think about not necessarily a specific product, but what is the problem or the scenario that you're trying to fix mm. and thinking about what that is. And, and I think honestly making space to do it. Erin, thank you so much for your time. But before you go, can we ask you two questions? How can people find you if you want to be found on the socials? And is there anything that you want to plug in terms of URLs or specific resources? People can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Erin Rifkin. And I think you guys will put that in the notes so they can yeah. find it. Uh, feel free to DM me or add me. I post about new features that we are launching. And you can always DM me with feedback, uh, questions, anything. Happy to always hear from our customers. Um, and then the second question was? Resources. Is there uh, yeah. resources or URLs that you'd like to plug? Yeah, Microsoft.com slash learn. Get access to all of the training content for free. Um, and then docs.microsoft.com. Yeah. So from docs and from learn, actually, in the header, you will see access to Q&A. Um, on docs, you'll find the assessments. Um, Azure.com also has access to that content. So we kind of cross-link all that um, up together. And you can also find that information in the Azure portal. Wonderful. I hope this isn't the last time we have you on the show. We may just leave you alone for a year. Maybe we'll find you again at Ignite next year to or find Or maybe out. I'll see you in South Africa in April. Yes, yes, that would be amazing. But we'd maybe love to do another show with you if you're up for it. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Hey, everyone. Before you go... We just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at thearchitects.cloud or alternatively drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At the Cloud Arc.